Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Assistant Director of Career Services here at Northwest. Today's guest on our show is a senior art studio major uh, with an emphasis in painting, and she's from Nevada, Missouri, and she has some interesting stories to tell us. Please welcome Shelby Tice. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So tell us studio art. Why did you choose that degree? I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm a painter, (laughs) also a big art fan. Talk to me about painting and, and why you pursued that degree here at Northwest. So it actually wasn't painting to start out with. Uh, I originally came and was full-on graphic design major. Uh, I knew my whole life that I wanted to be an artist. From the time I started drawing in like first grade, I was like, oh yeah, that's my dream. But I didn't really know what that meant, like what an artist does, like what it takes to do what artists do. And so I just drew my whole life. And then I got to college and everyone was like, how are you going to make money? What are you going to do with your life? And I was like, well, maybe graphic design will help me out with that. And I took one graphic design class and I said, I'm sorry. (laughs) I just can't sit in front of a computer like that all day. I wish that I could because the actual graphic design work is really fun. And, you know, working on uh, different programs and everything was really interesting. But once I took painting, uh, it was like a whole new ball game. I had never worked with oil paints before. And uh, that's what you work with first in your first uh, class uh, in painting. And so it was like a whole new love that I just totally fell for. And uh, I remember calling my dad and saying, hey, uh, would you be really mad at me if I completely changed my major? I mean, I guess it's not a complete different major, but it's pretty different in terms of what you can do with it. And uh, he was like, well, I just want you to do what makes you happy. <laughs> and so I was like, well, fine, I'll go do it then. And uh, it was the greatest thing I have ever done. I love painting. I love studio art and um, trying new things and experimenting. And uh, I've just grown a lot as an artist since beginning painting. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where it's taken me so far. <laughs> so let's go back in Shelby's life a few years, way back. Uh, you're from Nevada, Missouri, right? Yes. Which yes. is south of, you just go straight south from Maryville for a couple hours and it's down there right off the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, in the land where Travis, Travis, did you recruit there? I did. That was one of the schools I went to. Yes. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He used to be a recruiter for Northwest. So. That's cool. What, have you always lived there your whole life, Shelby? Is that yeah, where pretty from? much. Moved there when I was six. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of going back around to um, what was Shelby's very first job? Shelby's very first job was working at a movie theater. There's one movie theater in Nevada. So I thought that was super cool because you got to wear bow ties. And I was like, that's the place for me. And I worked there for about three years. What did you do at the movie theater? Uh, I served popcorn and I sold tickets and I did all of the money handling and stuff like that. Lots of cleaning, um, lots of interesting stories, <laughs> like funny customers and things like that. And uh, Did you ever yeah. get to watch the movies? 
Oh, yeah. We got uh, to see whatever movie we wanted for free, and we could always bring a plus one. Sometimes I'd bring a plus two, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and you'd always get free popcorn and free drinks no matter what. Uh, you'd have to pay for candy, but that's kind of expected. Unless the candy is expired, <laughs> and then you get the expired all the, candy. All the tips and tricks from behind right. the scenes at the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, and then sometimes we'd have to go fix the projectors but none of us really knew how to do that so it was mostly going up and saying I'm, I don't know how to do this so <laughs> that's a lot like real work so yeah <laughs> <laughs> you just have to move through that first phase of I don't know what I'm doing into like let's try these things yep Nevada is a couple of hours away from here um, and not a ton of students come up from the south how did you discover northwest what made you um, come to northwest well, I was looking for colleges with my friend at the time, and we wanted to go to college together. We had done this college prep academy for all of our summers in high school. That's where we met, and so we thought, hey, uh, we've been living together each summer at this, you know, fake college for high schoolers, and um, we should just go look for some places. And we did a bunch of research, and we would try this place and try that place, and we just didn't really like any of them. And then at some point she sent me a link and was like, hey, have you ever heard of Northwest? And I was like, nope, <laughs> not even a little bit. And I uh, did some research and it looked really cool. And uh, then I came and did a campus visit. And once I saw the art building, you know, because I'll tell you what, peanut butter cups are my favorite candy. <laughs> and when I learned that it was, you know, dubbed as the peanut butter cup building based on the way it looked, I was like, it's meant to be. I have to go there. <laughs> I think one of the key things as an art major is that a lot of people don't understand what goes into being successful as an art major. So can you tell us like what you had to do for your classes, like the extra work working on projects? Um, what have you had to do for your classes as an art major here? What are some of the experiences you've had? You have to learn all of the basics of art and design to begin with. You have to start with everything that isn't fun first. So it's not just, I'm an art major, I'm gonna go draw in class today, you know. It's, you know, you have to show up, you have to learn all the vocabulary, all of the jargon, and you know, all the things that every art major really needs to know to be able to make good art. So like you have to know all of like the principles and all of the elements and stuff that make art uh, attractive, I guess. Um, and so you got to take a lot of those little design classes. You have to take a different like uh, 3D design and sculpture. And even though I am a very bad 3D artist, I still had to take all of the 3D art basic classes. And then you have to take beginning drawing, which isn't, you know, go draw something that you saw online. You know, it's, you have to draw boxes and cylinders and all of the basic things that make up the world <laughs> and all of the objects that you'll probably be drawing and making references to for the rest of your life as an artist. And then obviously beginning painting uh, is not just painting whatever you want. It's uh, painting still lives and learning how to uh, copy life 
onto a canvas and you don't even get to start with color first. <laughs> you have to start with, you know, black and white images and just use black and white paint so that you can learn value and, and it's stuff like that. So it's, it's not just, you know, jump into being creative, which is what upsets a lot of students at first is like, I became an art major, but when I got here, they didn't let me do what I wanted, but you have to get through that stuff to be able to get to a point where you get to do what you want basically prove yourself <laughs> are you a worthy artist basically and so <laughs> after a certain point you take all of your advanced classes and um you have to show them that hey i have been working hard i've been paying attention i have grown as an artist and then you go through advanced standing and advanced standing is when you present all of your work from your uh, basic art classes to a group of teachers uh, that you've been learning from. And you present all of your work and you uh, submit a paper that's like, here's what I've done, here's what I've learned. You have to read a few books, you know, and uh, write an essay on them and uh, explain how you've been shaped as an artist thus far. And then um, if you get approved for your advanced standing, then you get to take advanced classes. And then once you've taken advanced classes and you're a senior, you get to go through senior review, which is like the same process, but uh, more like, hey, here's what I've done since joining my advanced classes. And then I can make real art and apply to graduate school, basically. <laughs> so what are advanced standing classes like? Are they kind of like independent studies? What are you, um, what are you doing in those classes? Yeah, so advanced classes are like the basic classes, but you get more freedom and you have uh, more difficult assignments that aren't just like, you know, draw cylinders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like more specific assignments that the teachers really want you to expand your horizons in terms of uh, creating something that is yours, um, that you can put your name on and say, this is mine because of blah, 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 blah. Yeah, very cool. So you mentioned grad school. Is that the track? Is that where you're, you're planning to go once you're graduated after this semester or? Yes, actually, I was just working on an application right before I got on. <laughs> What's your program or programs of choice? Uh, that's a good question, honestly. I don't really have a super preference. Um, I know that I want to get a, a master's in arts at, in, in some way because I do want to teach at a university level. But the one that I just was applying for was for visual studies. I also wouldn't mind doing a whole one on painting, you know, uh, drawing anything it would be really cool i think to be able to do something that wasn't just what i have been doing um but i do love painting so that's really not such a bad thing <laughs> this is another area that i think a lot of people don't know taking a body of work and, and putting it out to to get into graduate school for an mfa for example what do those applications ask for they ask for a lot. <laughs> Obviously, you have to submit a resume, which is um, all of the art projects that you've done, every um, show you've applied for that you've been granted into, um, every award that you've won, and then every job that you've had that has involved art in any way. And then obviously you want all of your recommendation letters and everything like that. And then you have to submit 20 to 30 images of work that are about in the same body of work, uh, like a cohesive idea to show that 
you have original ideas, you can bring something out that is new um, that no one else has really thought of or tried to do before. And um, that <laughs> a lot of other stuff too, that's like transcripts and all the other boring stuff. But the biggest thing is the images. If you don't have a complete body of work that is cohesive and has like a singular idea that um, puts it all together, then um, you probably won't get in. <laughs> it's kind of hard to get into art graduate school. And I think another key there is you have to understand, so you didn't mention art history, but I know those courses are also, you have to have a solid foundation of the history of art as well. That's true. Um, and you have to know where you plug in, you know, so you have to understand the history and then where is your, where is your body going forward and how does it pull from that history? Mm-hmm. Which I think is a, a very underrated understanding it's a complete like snapshot of like past culture, past art, where you're pulling inspiration from. And and I know that like art students don't talk enough about that because (laughs) in a, in a visual culture, you kind of take those things for granted, right? Mm -hmm. Often we do. We're, we're so used to, you know, seeing the artifacts of visual culture that we don't talk about them a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. But can you tell us, so what is your idea behind your body of work? What are, what are your thoughts where are your thoughts coming from? It's funny that you say that because I originally had just done still lives. Um, after my first painting class, I, and you know, you just do still lives, you work on what is set up in the classroom. I said, this is awesome. I am great at this. Everyone tells me I'm great at this. So I just kept making still lives. And uh, I realized recently, um, especially after advanced standing, they were like, why do you do what you do? And I just had no answer. My answer was, I've always been doing this. I've always done art. I've always loved art. I've always wanted to be an artist, but why? (laughs) Never thought about that. (laughs) And so I was making these still lives and I realized that I was just kind of making these still lives for everyone else to enjoy. Um, It was a lot of praise and, you know, like, wow, that's awesome. And, you know, my technical ability in still lives were, was very great, but my ability to explain why I was doing what I was doing mm-hmm. or why it was important to me to do these still lives was non-existent. And so a couple semesters ago, I really thought hard about it. And I was in one of my art history classes and with Karen Britt, and I realized that Right after we did a segment on surrealism, I went home for the weekend and I realized that that's what I wanted to do. I was like, this is something that I've always been interested in. It's always been really cool. I love looking at surrealistic art like Salvador Dali and, you know, all the classics and stuff. So cool. And so I thought like, wait, I can do that. I can actually just do whatever I want. What what am I thinking? And so that's what I did. I just started immediately changing my body of work and working on surrealistic art. And around the same time that I started doing that, I also realized that I dream very, very vividly compared to people that are close to me in my life. And so the timing worked perfectly. And my whole body of work now is just um, trying to record my dreams in a way that is um, like a, a kick in the memory, like, hey, remember that time that you were jumping off of skyscrapers and flying through the air? You know, as if I can record that exactly the way that I can remember it, then it's really cool for me. And also, you know, dreams, I think, uh, represent a lot of the way that you're feeling 
in uh, reality, your brain is kind of trying to prepare you for what might come next. <laughs> and so I think that trying to record those dreams um, will create a good basis for me to connect with people um, because I think dreams represent more of a feeling than an actual event. Like I'm not actually going to go swimming with alligators and try to survive, but everyone <laughs> has had that feeling before, you know? <laughs> and so it, it's a really fun project that I've been working on. I've been just trying to make it as fast as I can for my senior exhibition in the last semester or two, but um, it has been really fun. And so that's kind of where my body of work is going right now. So that's a, this is a great opportunity to plug that senior show, right? Yes. <laughs> so when will your senior show be? It'll be on the last, well, I'm pretty sure it will be. I don't know if it's all set in stone yet, but it should be on the last week before Thanksgiving. So the last week of school in November, I don't exactly know the dates yet. Let me, let me look real quick. I think that it's uh, 16th through the 20th, I think, is the, the week that it'll be on. And where will it be? Um, I want it to be in the Olive de Luce Gallery. Um, just a solo show. That would be my dream. But if we can't, then it'll be in the hallway or something. <laughs> Understandable. COVID. COVID. Yep. Can't be in the tiny gallery with 50 people, right? I know. Dang it. <laughs> I, I think that point that you made, though, about figuring out the why of why you do it, I think that's important for students in so many different majors here. You know, mm -hmm. they're in a major because they think it'll get them the job that they want, or that's what their parents did, or they have a natural talent for it, but they don't think about the why and the doing stuff for others, not themselves. I think, you know, to figure that out as a college senior is most of us don't figure that out until way later. And some of us don't figure <laughs> it out at all. So kudos to you for the reflection to figure that out. And I think Thank that's, you. that's so important to be happy in your career and happy in your life is to do something for that gives you joy, not just something you're good at and mm -hmm. to understand why you do it. I mean, I think that, you know, we've had lots of conversations with people that work at universities and usually the why is I love working with students. I like, you know, building people up and teaching and that sort of thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have the why figured out a lot of times here, but a lot of other industries and a lot of people just don't. So to figure that right. out as a student is awesome. So thank you. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely couldn't do it without my teachers. Yeah. I didn't even consider to think of why until I had reached advanced standing right. and they were like, so this is great, but <laughs> you don't know why you do what you do. <laughs> and then it still took a couple of years yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> Let's talk about mural painting. Um, so you had an opportunity, uh, was it this past summer? Yep. To work on a mural. Can you talk to us? Tell us about how the opportunity came about. Tell us about your process. Tell us about the outcome. Okay. Well, honestly, we get a lot of uh, projects that come in um, through just for all art majors, everyone gets an email that says, hey, someone is looking for someone to do a mural in this town or at this building or, you know, whatever. And uh, there was an opportunity that came up at like the end of February this last this year. And uh, so before, you know, disaster hit and um, someone was saying that they wanted a mural done in Oregon, Missouri. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's only like a 30 minute drive. I could probably do that in a couple of weeks, whatever. And so I messaged them about it and um, got they got back to me and they sent me a picture of the wall and they were like, okay, so it's about 
76 feet long <laughs> and about 16 feet tall. And, you know, in your mind, you're thinking like, oh, that's I can totally picture that easy peasy, you know, and she's like, OK, well, you might actually might want to get a partner for this. And I was like, I don't need a partner, but if you say so. And uh, so I go to Armin, my teacher, and I said, hey, do you know of anyone that might want to do this with me because um, I, I don't know who to ask. And uh, as I was asking him, I was it was actually right after class. And one of my classmates was like, are you talking about that mural uh, in Oregon? <laughs> and, you know, because everyone got that email. And I was like, yeah, it's that one. And she's like, actually, I was going to ask them about it. I think this is a sign. I need to do it with you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, perfect. Let's do it. And so we kind of, you know, did some emails back and forth, COVID hit and everything slowed down a lot. And uh, then eventually she was like, uh, the lady who's in charge, her name's Billy. And she said, hey, um, we can go ahead and work on this. We can get it done in the summer. And then before, you know, classes start in the fall, we can be good. And so I did a lot of research, never done a mural that big before. That previous uh, winter, I had just done a mural inside of a hospital in Nevada. And um, so I was, had just done a mural. I was feeling confident, you know, but this is an outdoor mural on a huge wall and I had no idea how to do it. So I kind of just winged it, looked up some stuff, messaged some different artists in Missouri and was like, how do you do it? You know? honestly there weren't a lot of answers it kind of seems like every muralist is just trying to figure it out but we went ahead and just um ordered some exterior paint and uh, primed the wall and we were thinking you know priming this wall we'll probably get it done today we can start painting tomorrow and we primed that wall for eight days straight <laughs> it was so bad we thought it was gonna be so easy and that's when we realized how big this wall actually was and uh yeah it took a long time we got all of our supplies from the hardware store that was just half a block away from where we were painting super small town and we got to know a lot of the people there uh you know super small town how can you not everyone who has something to say will stop by and pull over you know it's on the main road so everyone knows where it is and they're like hey looks great keep it up you know and then there's you know people who would drop by some sodas or you know just being their southern cuties you know <laughs> small town missouri love mm -hmm. there exactly it so was and we that was the first time i had ever climbed scaffolding before we had to get scaffolding rented and um all kinds of crazy new things that i had never done before and um lots of crazy new people that i had never met before um that i definitely became friends with and will probably keep in contact with for a long time there was a lot of uh you know, hey, I know that you have to drive an hour away, you know, because this is about 45 minutes for me. And then Sierra, her name was Sierra Scott. She uh, lived in Sabetha, Kansas at the time. I think she's still living there now. And um, she would have to drive about an hour to get there, too. So we would just say, hey, you want to meet at eight in the morning? OK, <laughs> let's go. And we'd go and meet up and then start. And uh, sometimes we would decide that hey, maybe we can start at noon, we can stay the night, and then we can work all day the next day and then go home and get a lot of stuff done. And um, Billy has a friend that lives in the town over, which is like 
five minutes away. <laughs> and uh, she had a cute little apartment in her basement that, you know, just had a little queen size bed and a, and a bathroom. And it was just a perfect little place for us to go and crash for the night and then go back out. And we just got to stay there for free and like pet her dogs. And it was really, really <laughs> cute. It was, uh, it was Southern hospitality to the max. It really was. <laughs> so how did you guys decide? Did you um, sketch out what you were going to paint for your mural? Did, um, did Billy know what the subject matter was? How did you come up with your, your actual image? Right as COVID hit and everything, we decided to meet and we were like, let's meet at a park outside. And so we met outside in Maryville. She drove up to meet me and she came with a bunch of yearbooks and a whole like um, CD full of different pictures uh, of a parade in Oregon from the 50s. And so there was a ton, a ton of people in like big curly poofy hair and like beautiful prom dresses and all kinds of, you know, really fun floats and ancient bikes and cars and stuff that they would take all the way down the street. And she decided that she wanted, um, this in it and this in it and this in it. She's like, I want this float and I want this guy on the bike and I want these veterans and I want this. And so I was, you know, writing it all down. And then I went home and I started sketching stuff out and I tried to decide, you know, what's like the most interesting way to use this super long wall um, and include as many things as I can. And she wanted it to be on the street that the mural is actually on. So she was like, I need you to include this building and this building and this building. And it doesn't look the same now as it did in the 50s, but she wanted it to look the way that it did back then with all of the colorful awnings and, you know, all of the people sitting on the sidewalk and stuff like that. And so um, I eventually came up with a really big <laughs> drawing of a sequence of people in a parade that were just kind of going back into the background and it included a band and a little girl walking a chicken and um, a guy on one of those really big wheeled bikes like with the one huge wheel and uh, a couple of veterans and you know some people on a wagon and a cowboy you know all of the good stuff that they always include in their parades because that town has the biggest parades ever if you want to be in the parade you can have your own float if you want to <laughs> so those parades are huge even though there's only 800 people in the town there's probably about 800 people in the in the whole parade and then people always come back she's like oh yeah everyone comes back to be a part of it to go and watch it you know, parades are really big for us. And so that was why she wanted to do it that way. And that was also how I created the design. And um, it got approved. There's a few little changes and things here and there, but um, pretty much the same exact uh, idea. They even took the original. They're like, sure, there will be changes, but we're going to print this in the newspaper for everyone <laughs> to see. <laughs> So I wanted to make sure that drawing was really, really good. And I made it with colored pencil and everything. And um, yeah, nothing like public accountability, right? Let's <laughs> publish it in the paper. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, well, it's going to take a while because it's going to look really good. <laughs> and it did. It took a while. But um, once it came out, we got started. And yeah, it was, um, it was a big, big process. It took a lot longer than we thought it was going to take. <laughs> So how long did it end up taking you from start to finish? Around three months. We finished like 
a week or two before a week before school started <laughs> and we thought we would have at least like you know, like three weeks before school started, but no way. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, I'm going to start, you know, Sierra has started her, her student teaching and she was like, I have to teach class on Monday. I didn't know. And so we have to actually go back and seal it the next weekend. And so it kind of mixed right in, but we were able to get it done. No problem. <laughs> and what an incredible piece to have on your resume, right? In your portfolio, like an actual whole side of a building. Yeah. It, it, I mean, after we got it done, we were we're like, oh, wow, actually, this wasn't so bad. This is really cool. I can't believe we did it. You know, it really is. It's I feel really, really lucky to be able to have the opportunity to do it because not only did I learn so much, but it looks really good on a resume. <laughs> <laughs> so as you kind of come to a close uh, with your career as a student here, mm -hmm. what does it mean to you to be a Bearcat, Shelby? It means accepting everyone exactly for how they are. I changed, I've changed a lot since coming here and I have found people uh, in my life that have only made me a better person um, and have inspired me to do things that um, I normally wouldn't have done. Just, you know, general nice things. <laughs> like it's just so worth it to be a good person. <laughs> and um, being a bear cat is just accepting those people who you might think are weird, but they're just doing really nice stuff and they're just making the world a better place. And um, that's what I would like to be able to inspire other people to do. And I know that Northwest is made up of people like that. So for our final little piece here, uh, I've been leaving the podium open for our guests to kind of share future plans, wisdom, anything that they've been thinking about recently. Um, to just kind of leave our listeners with a little bit of um, insight, giving them an open space to speak their mind. You know, I'll say one thing. The mural was kind of, it was a huge project. It was really intimidating. And there were a lot of times when Sierra and I would go back to our little apartment and we would just say, you know, can we do this? Is this something that we can accomplish? And um, it was really trying and there were a lot of people who didn't uh, exactly want us to finish the mural <laughs> uh, but we did and I'm really glad we did and I would say that a lot more people love it than people do not like it <laughs> and I think that it kind of started a conversation for people to be able to um, speak out and say things that include everyone and make everyone feel welcome when normally they would let people be hateful just for the fact that, oh, it's a small town. I'll, I'm not going to say anything. There's a lot of people like that. But now that there's something to talk about, there's something to like challenge those thoughts that are just to um, sit by and, you know, let hate run rampant. Stepping out and doing what you can to make change in the littlest ways that you possibly can is so worth it. And it makes you sleep better at night <laughs> knowing that, you know, I did what I could to make the world a better place. And, um, you know, someone's probably going to see what I did and hear what I said and think about it. Um, and they're probably going to think about it more than once. And maybe it'll help them think about the things that they say more than once, <laughs> you know, it's just really worth it to um, 
try to do what you can to make the world exactly what I said, a better place. (laughs) Uh, There's nothing like it. Well, thank you so much, Shelby, for being a guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm